Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. So, I'm here with Luke and Adam. And Adam, I just have to talk to you first. We're back. Finally. We've, we've awoken from our slumber. So... <laughs> I guess, what have you been doing during this months-long break without hockey? Um, I've been playing a lot of Call of Duty, Warzone, actually, with some of my old friends from high school, uh, which has been kind of nice. I started watching soccer more, because that's a sport, you know, because England actually knows what they're doing, so they're back to (laughs) sports, so I've been able to watch some of that recently, and, um, you know, my wife and I are preparing for our first child which is due in october so we've been Mm -hmm. uh doing that as well so it's uh i've been able to keep myself pretty busy that's good that's good uh luke i don't know if you're going to be able to top having a baby but uh what have you been up to while uh during the break babies wow (laughs) doubling Um, down i like it yeah yeah (laughs) um (laughs) yeah nothing uh you know just trying to survive the end of the world in the united states uh i've been basically staying in Side. I haven't really gone out much, um, but you know, just surviving, writing, uh, playing video games. You know, like every typical thirty-year-old male, I guess. But I, but I've been blessed to have a job that stays consistently busy. So I've also been working, which is really hey, nice. There you go. That's exciting. Yeah. And uh, I also have been playing video games. So you're three for three. I mean, you have. <laughs> Three middle-aged yeah. white males on this podcast, so I guess that's going to be that. That makes sense that that's an answer. Uh, but yeah. Uh, he, that, yeah, that's I, I've been doing that, and uh, I'm ready to get started. So uh, let's hope you are too. Welcome back to Japers Rink Radio. I'm your host, Greg Young, and today uh, we got we got a big show today because we're back, baby. Um, so, uh, Adam, uh, I know that we talked about this in the open a little bit, but uh, are you uh, ready and excited to be back? Yeah, I am ready. Um, you know, I'm being down in Texas. You know, the coronavirus is worse kind of here than it is anywhere else. So getting some sports back will be a really nice distraction to kind of show that at least some uh, part of, I guess they're not doing it in the United States, but a part of what I consider regular United States life can come back. So um, I, I am excited. Yeah. Luke, what about you? 
Uh, yeah, for, uh, excited for the hockey. I am, but you know, like the rest of a lot of people are like, well, she'll be coming back, but you know. Uh, I'll take what I can get at this point. Yeah, that's fair. All right, well, let me just dive right into the big question, which is uh, we are back, but should we be back? Uh, I think it's kind of the question that everyone's talking about, and I think it's it's worth us discussing this as well. Uh, this all comes on the news that uh, the NHL released today that 43, if I remember correctly, uh, players have tested positive now. So obviously, Luke, when you test more, there's going to be more positives, but Kind of where are you on should the NHL be back or not? I am on the no, they shouldn't. It just doesn't seem like a smart thing to do. And I'm thinking maybe a little bit more selfishly because I'm thinking of someone like Ovechkin, who we all really want to, you know, break the goal record uh, and such. And if, I mean, the reports are this thing wrecks your lungs and it can be long lasting. So say he gets it, I mean, there's a chance he could be done because he just had his age. Um, you know, or just severely cut down his gameplay, which would also cut down Caps' chances from winning the Cup in their, you know, these last handful of years of Ovechkin and Backstrom. So from a personal standpoint, selfish standpoint, it's like that's why they shouldn't be doing it. Um, but it should be a bigger altruistic version of like, well, we need to protect everybody. It's just not smart to come back right now. But that, yeah. that's where I am. Adam, Adam, uh, where, where are you at on this? Uh, I'm kind of... I don't know if this is probably like this is a rare opinion, but uh, I, I'm okay with the league coming back. Uh, I mean, I do think it's hard to exist in a bubble. Um, you know, again, being in Texas, I've seen people try to do it. It's very, very hard. Um, but with personal responsibility on the part of the athletes, I, I think that they can do uh, a lot to minimize the risk. It will still be there. Yes, it will 100% will still be there. Players will get sick. Um, or they might get sick if they don't follow the protocols, and it depends on game day staff and all that sort of stuff. But um, I, I think it makes sense that the league's going to come back. The NHL is not the only sport that is going to come back. You know, we've already seen the NBA, um, Major League Soccer restarted. Um, if they take this seriously enough, when we see teams do what the Penguins did today, where they, you know, hold all these players out with contact tracing stuff, um, I, I think the league can do it relatively safely and. Um, Again, we can kind of get sports back, which would be just, a, I think, a good thing. Yeah, and I think, I think, just to kind of interject here, I, I struggle with this a little bit because I think Luke, I, I get your point of this. Just doesn't seem like a super responsible thing to to do. I, I, I go back and forth on this because I think I look at they're doing this in Canada at least, which is smart because. Yeah. Canada just frankly has been a lot better <laughs> than the U.S. at uh, containing this virus, which I think is is a just unequivocally good thing that they're going to not be doing. Like, but at the same time, you look at other leagues in America, and I mean, you've already had MLS matches get suspended. You've already had forty three plus players. We've already had teams miss practices. Baseball doesn't look like it's in good shape, which seems kind of the closest equivalent to the way hockey is going to have to work. And I just I, I think that's 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 a minute answer of me saying I just don't know. So I guess Luke, one thing I do want to drill down on, you know, you've said that you're a little nervous about coming back and you wouldn't support it. Are, when you actually watch these games, are you? Do you think you're going to enjoy it, or is it going to be one of those where there's always just going to be a little nagging thing about oh, I don't know if we should be here or not? Um, I think I'm. I like even I'm still going to watch a game. That's the bottom line. I'm not. I know there's like a severe case of people. Who are like, well, I'm not watching this sport because it's wrong. 
I'm also very hypocritical. Be like, well, no, I love hockey. I'm going to watch hockey. Um, I, it'll definitely be weird without people in the stands. But I think I think I'll still enjoy it. I'm not gonna. I'm not. I don't think I'm in that um, state of mind where it's like, no way, they can't. This can't be good because they shouldn't be playing. I my opinion is more like they shouldn't, but I'll do it. You know, so I'm like in that area. <laughs> yeah, Adam, uh, are you is is your excitement for this unequivocal or are there some equivocalness, which is not a word, but equivocations is a word, and I found it. So there you uh, go. Uh, to be honest, guys, when I've been watching again all this soccer, I, it hasn't. You're bailing on us, Adam. You're becoming a soccer <laughs> fan. No, I, I, I haven't really been worried. You know, I, I, don't, I haven't been watching the games and thinking about, you know, the should these guys even be playing and, and all that sort of stuff. That just hasn't even crossed my mind. And soccer is not even a sport that I'm, you know, I enjoy watching, but it's not nothing like how I feel about hockey. So I, I, I don't think it will color my view or make it. Uh, I, I certainly hope it doesn't. You know, if these guys are going to put the, put themselves at risk and play, the least I can do is. Uh, enjoy the product they're putting out there. I mean, it's not going to do anybody any good for me to be sitting at home uh, kind of gnawing my teeth about whether these guys should be playing because ultimately if they're playing, they're playing. So, yeah. Uh, and it is certain, yeah, go ahead, finish up. I don't know. It's, it's just, you know, it's not like we're, we're staging a protest or something, but not watching. Yeah, that's true. And it's just, I think it's it's definitely going to be interesting to see kind of how these games shape out. So, Adam, you mentioned you've been watching a little bit of soccer, and it doesn't. I don't think you're about to betray us, you know, by just becoming a soccer fan and leaving Japers. But what what has it been like to watch these games? I mean, there's no fans in the stands. The is there anything just different versus kind of a normal soccer match for you, or is it just you kind of tune on and eventually you kind of forget that there's no one there? Uh, you kind of just tune on for, I don't know if you forget that there's no one there, but they, they do a pretty good job. I don't know if they're doing it in the booth or if they do that in the stadium of kind of the artificial crowd noises. And they sound like if you look away and aren't watching the screen, you'd probably think you're watching a real game just by the sounds. You know, they, they do such a good job now. It's, it's no different than kind of when you're playing FIFA. And, you know, you score, a goal, like, the crowd ooze and awes at the right time and all that sort of stuff. It's actually pretty impressive yeah. uh, how they're able to do it. I mean, the crowd reacts to all the right things electronically. So uh, <laughs> they, they do a good job with it, to be honest. Uh, I don't think it will stand out to people as much as they might originally uh, expect. It might be different in hockey because the sound of, of the playing surface are so much... I don't know if more central is the right word, but I think they'll be noticed a lot more than in soccer, um, mm-hmm. where you just occasionally will hear guys yelling and stuff. Yeah, Luke, you you actually play hockey, unlike the the. Well, I guess Adam, I don't know if you play hockey or not. Do you play hockey, Adam? Not really, not anymore. Okay. Well, Luke, you actually do, um, and I I know that you've watched a variety of hockey games. You know, kind of from the. In, from playing, you know, with maybe the crowds are not quite as big, not to take away from any of your amazing skills, but uh, I, I, whereas I'm sure you've been to Caps games too. So I don't know, like, what are you kind of expecting this atmosphere and what this is going to sound like on TV and kind of what are, what are your thoughts about how this is going to go for hockey from a hockey specific standpoint? Yeah, I, I, it's really interesting what Adam said. I didn't know. I don't, I didn't watch soccer, so I don't know. Um, I didn't hear about it, but if it's like that, where it's like, it sounds pretty good. I think that'd be cool. I don't know what the difference between the acoustics and a rink. 
an acoustics in a uh, you know stadium outside stadium. Um, I but hey, I mean it's the 21st century. I'm sure they could they have some really cool ways to do it. I know some teams were asking for audio from fans, like a 30 second snippet, so they can they can plug it in kind of thing, which is I think is kind of cool. But I don't know how it will that sound. is cool. Yeah, I yeah. Like I um, yeah, I thought that that's a really interesting idea. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if they do anything to like because I know in soccer they can like they're doing cardboard cutouts of fans and putting them in like you can like set you know pay fit ten I don't know what the fee is but you pay it and they'll put you in they give to charity or something like that um, but it'll be interesting if you see just a bunch of cardboard people like, like it's an old like NHL like ninety six game or something <laughs> it's like we've gone back in time so Luke if we uh, if we see a bunch of uh, little Lukes all around the stadium <laughs> uh, we'll know that you have a lot more money than we all thought you did. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Buy out the whole what are you implying there, Greg? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, maybe I'll pay for it. I don't know. I'm I'm a government lawyer, so it, I don't have like money growing on trees. I don't know, Adam. I, let me ask you this: Would you pay to have? How much money would you pay to have cardboard cutouts of Adam Stringham's all around a hockey stadium when there's no one there? Give me, give me Probably. like a dollar amount. I don't know, like the cost of materials. Like, <laughs> so no more than $10 or whatever. Yeah, you know, if they, I, I don't think it'd be too much. I, I think it'd be a cool thing for the, for the teams to do if they're like, hey, if you're a season ticket holder, let's just like put, we'll put you in your seat. You know, like something like that. Yeah. That'd be kind of cool, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. I guess it depends what stadium they're playing in. It's just Edmonton, Toronto. So that's is true, there like a true. section for like Caps fans and a section for, you know, all that. I just, I'm imagining, like, the in the, like, 30 minutes they have between games, they're not going to worry about the ice getting that ready. They're just going to be shuffling cardboard cutouts of different teams yeah, in the right. stands. It's going to be great. I, I am excited to see this. But one thing, oh, this is a really good transition. I'm actually really excited for this one. And everyone knows the way to have a great transition is to talk about it's it. But uh, about the uh, one thing I am excited about, um, and I guess, Luke, I'll have you go first on this one. We have a staggered schedule. So the idea being that there's going to be games basically going on from like 2 p.m. or like noon to 10 p.m. And I don't know, like, is your plan just basically to get like some some snacks and some drinks and just watch hockey for like 10 hours? I it just hit me the other day. Uh, I was on Japers that I was like, "Oh, they're gonna have the staggered on the weekday." Yeah. I, I, for some reason, that wasn't hitting my brain. I was like, "Oh, it's gonna be night games, and then the weekends will do." But um, I'm still, I'm just hoping I'm still working from home at that point. That's my uh, I got to throw in. <laughs> I got to be. You mean you're just gonna be dedicated employee, and somehow you're gonna resist having those games on, right? Clearly. Oh Gosh, it's gonna be so frustrating. A playoff game and the Caps are playing at noon, like an important one. Oh my god! Oh yeah, terrible. Adam, are you? Uh, I'm sure you're gonna be a good employee too, and there will be no hockey on the the in the uh, Stringham household at uh, 2 p.m. on a Tuesday. Listen, you know, maybe if it was <laughs> soccer, there'd be an issue, but with hockey, it'll be just fine. You know, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, obviously. Oh, uh, I love it. Um, yeah. All right, before we go to break, Luke, I know that you've, I think you've looked at the schedule a little bit. I know, and I'm sure Adam has too. Um, I don't know, like, it seems interesting to me that we're going to have these kind of two sets of games. You're going to have the Capitals play 
it, basically for seeding in three, I would argue, ultimately kind of meaningless games. Well, whereas you have basically a elimination tournament going on with it. I don't know. Like, do you think that this makes sense the way they did it? And are you excited to kind of see these different kinds of games? And what are you kind of thinking about how this is all going to look? Yeah, I, I'm trying to see, like say the Caps game is on. There's going to be games that are on at the same time, I imagine, right? Yes. They can't. Yeah, so I, I think there's like going to be a little to... overlap, right? There's going to have yeah. to be. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, like, if Caps are playing their meaningless game, I might. I mean, there's meaning, of course, but I might I'd rather might rather watch a crazy intense, you know, playoff game over at Caps. I'd still watch it, but if there's something more exciting on, I might uh, turn that on over. Um, but yeah, I think that's the only way they could do it in order to fit everything in. I don't know if there's another a better solution, honestly. Yeah. Adam, uh, the thoughts on kind of the way that they structured all this? Um, you know, I think back to what a lot of these players said when they first started talking about, okay, what's look coming back going to look like? And they said stuff about how, um, you know, we're not going to have, maybe it wasn't a player, but we're not going to have Calgary and Edmonton go head-to-head right away because then they're going to have, there'll be a bloodbath out there and guys won't know what they're doing. So I feel like that's kind of why they have to have these you know, the Bostons and Washingtons, they've got to play, right? They can't just go Sit there and, and do nothing. Exactly. So, um, but, but I, so I get it and it's okay that they're putting these all at once because they have to, they can't have the, this stretch of games, the playoffs go on for so long that it interferes dramatically with next season. I mean, it's already going to interfere some, but you know, let's, let's not make it so that next season starting in January. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think it's going to be, it's going to be interesting uh, for sure to see what happens with, with the league. Yeah, and, and, and Luke, in terms of the way these games are going to like look just on the ice because you have players that have not played organized hockey for a lot in a lot of cases in three months, and now they're rushing back to do these small groups, and now the Capitals are within phase three and they're they're they have set like returned but i don't know how is this gonna look do you think do you have any idea like i couldn't imagine just like being this compressed and then expecting these games to look and be particularly smooth but am i am i being overly pessimistic or where are you at on that yeah no i think there is a concern especially for injuries yeah i mean imagine coming back and then like all right playoff hockey go at it like well crap um, so I, that's why I think it's a very, it's a good thing that cap, that the caps don't have to play that stuff. I mean, they're still playing important games, but they can lose them. So they don't have to go all out. They're basically preseason games, which is good for us, but you have to worry about other teams and their uh, health because it, I can't imagine it's gotta be pretty dangerous, especially cause it wasn't really the off season, right? They, there's a pandemic. They couldn't go in even into rinks cause guys exactly. during the rink. So they're, they weren't really skating all that much. So, yeah, it's going to be really uh, interesting. Got to hope people stay healthy out there. I would also imagine, too, and Adam, you could speculate on this further. I would imagine, too, that the goaltending is going to be very erratic yeah. and spotty. Well, I guess, Luke, I should have asked you that question because you're the goalie of the group. But I'll let Adam blindly speculate, and then I'll have Luke give the expert opinion. So, I don't know. Adam, where are you at on how these games are going to work and look? Honestly, guys, I'm not that worried about it. Like, I, I'm a lot less worried than I think a lot of other people about the quality of play. 
Um, because I've been again, I've been watching these soccer games. Always <laughs> 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 back to soccer. Like we well, we've got we're losing you to soccer. This is it. Not, it's we've got a roadmap in front of us already for how this can be done successfully, and it looks good and the play looks strong and you're seeing guys with you know people are doing stuff that they don't regularly do and the goalkeepers making great saves still i i say all that but then i i did watch um lester city put up a bit of a stinker yesterday so <laughs> but all they considered i i think the quality of play is going to be better than a lot of what a lot of people are anticipating um i think you make a good point about goaltenders I have no idea generally how they'll look, but I don't know how much those guys regularly play during the summer. And obviously, Brayden Holpe, uh, he's he's an interesting character at the start of seasons, so, or he used to be. I'm, I'm I'm like dating myself five six years with how his stats used to be in the first few months of a season, but uh, he'll be one to watch. I think coming out of a break. Yeah, he will. He will. All right. Well, uh, with that, we're going to take a quick break. And on the other side, we're going to dive into the Washington Capitals. And because uh, this is technically a Washington Capitals podcast still. And uh, we're going to talk about them. We're going to talk about uh, how they look. And we'll talk about the Caps in the new CBA. So stay tuned. Welcome back to Japers Rake Radio. Still here with uh, Luke and Adam. So, uh, Luke, let's talk about the Capitals. And because this is a Capitals podcast. So we're going to talk about the Washington Capitals. And what are we thinking about the Caps' chances in this? They were not playing particularly great, really, in the second half of the year. They Obviously, they make the Koval truck and Dylan trades, and I think they were playing a little bit better on the other side of that. But wh- where are you at with the Capitals in this tournament? I'm actually kind of optimistic, because um, I think I thought they were playing slightly better before they this break, but I think this break will do wonders for them, because we were kind of... I imagine we're one of the older teams in the league, but getting Ovechkin, Rask, Oshie, Backstrom, all those guys, Kovalchuk, I think it'll be a lot. And hopefully they'll play like they did coming out of the gate this season where they're like super hot for two or three months. And that's all you need to win the in the playoffs is you just got to get hot at the right time, which they did when they won their cup. Um, and the Holpe is a funny thing because we all know he's not good in October. He's the, It's his worst month, save percentage-wise, but he's also really good in the playoffs percentage-wise. So it's going to be a clash, like what Holpe are you getting? But I don't know. I don't know why, but I'm feeling good about it. Maybe I don't know. It's just a it's just a feeling I get it. Like I was watching the videos today, of them on the ice, it just seemed like they're relaxed and they're not worried or anything. They're like, let's just do it, and that's how they won their cup. Is they were just like, let's just have fun with it. I remember Trotz making that comment. Like I just told him, like guys, it's just after their first two losses, they're like, you know just play just have fun with it and that's how they end up doing it so i'm feeling good but you know we'll see how it goes adam where are you at on the caps and uh do you have any expectations and what do they kind of look like i think luke brings up a good point i mean i I saw the quote today from backstrom just kind of saying that he felt lucky just that they were even on the ice um you know that he he was really happy to be back and um i i think that's kind of where I, i i feel too about the team you know it's just it's fortunate that we're, we're able to watch them play, and I think the team might do well with that kind of same mentality that they've had previously. Um, you know, when they have low expectations or they feel like they're kind of playing with house money, uh, I think it's it's a good thing for them. Yeah. that's I think, I think this is going to be interesting. My, my big take on this, which is not a particularly original one, is I have no idea because I don't know 
what I mean, we talked about, yeah, like this is going to look somewhat normal, but these teams have had months off just playing apart from each other and not, you know, being in one cohesive team. And they're getting what, like two weeks to be back together. So my big take on this is that I, we already, we talk about the NHL playoffs being chaos already. And I'm just expecting the unexpected. Like I have no idea how they're going to look. And I mean, on one hand, look, the Capitals have a lot of talent, right? They have a lot of offensive talent and, you would think that that might be something where they, they're they not particularly dependent on playing a tight forechecking type system that other teams are. And so maybe that'll be an advantage because they just offensive talent carries the day. But honestly, I have no idea. I, I At the same time, I could also maybe see a, as, as much as this pains me to say, like a John Tortorella kind of coach team just suffocate the oxygen out of everything and maybe win that way. So... I think my big take on this maybe is a frustrating one, which is that I have no idea how this is going to turn out. And I, uh, on the one hand, that's like frustrating for me as an analyst. But on the other hand, I think that's, that's exciting because we talk about that we're getting hockey back. And at the same time, we're getting hockey back and we don't totally know what's going to happen. And to me, that's just, I mean, I get to ask and learn a whole bunch of new exciting questions. And at minimum, that's going to be exciting. So I don't know. Do we... I guess, Luke, what do you think in terms of the impact of the break? Do you buy kind of my proposed thesis that it we have to take what was going on before at just at less than face value? Or, I mean, we talked about the Capitals maybe struggling a little. Do you, do you buy this idea that maybe it just doesn't matter, we just don't know? I could definitely buy into that. It's, it's, it, we're in such an unprecedented time. It's just, it's a wild, wild west. You, I th- it's, I don't know. It's just, it's just, it's such a weird time that I don't think we can say, well, in the past they did this during this time. I think it's just, it's just too weird to even make that prediction. Yeah. So I can, I can definitely agree with you saying like, you, you have no idea because it's way more unpredictive than we, anything we've ever seen before. Yeah. Um, okay. Adam, let me, let me, let me spin this a different way. So say the Washington Capitals lose in five games in their first series. Do we, what, what gut reaction, what would be your take on that? Would it be, this is, oh, this is the second straight postseason the Capitals have lost early and maybe we need to look at changes? Or do we just say that this is fluky and weird and let's just write this off? Uh, honestly, I feel like I'd be using the regular season more of a barometer, right? Because it, it, it felt like Todd Reardon's coaching has to be kind of looked at and, and, uh, assessed right i mean he's, he's had a good chance here and uh i i i don't know it, it's tough i mean if the capitals don't do anything in the playoffs will it feel like they need to do something uh, it's, it's such a tough one Greg, because we've lost as you said we're it's like we're playing with a half deck right now or, or at the start it will be hard to assess and feel like we're still in the same year uh it's almost like a second season so uh, I don't know. I've got no idea, actually, on this one. This is that's a good question because uh, I don't have a good answer. Luke, where where, where are you at on this uh, on this question? Oh, uh, like say they lose out. Like how would I feel? Yeah, they, they look kind of crappy. Like what? What? Uh, what are, are you going to be annoyed or are you going to just write it off? I would write it off. I'm more of a um, positive thinker. I wouldn't. Be, I, <laughs> Like I said, it's just such a weird thing. I would be like, well, it's just like 
that's an odd situation that I wouldn't do anything crazy in the off season. Like, like fire, I wouldn't fire Todd or anything. I would like, I want I would love to see what they do. This is a side point that I'll throw out there, but we'll have to talk about, but what they do with the assistant defensive assistant coach. Yes, because they will be getting a new one. Yeah, which I think is, I wrote about this. I think Cashman just wasn't ready yet. So I think it'll be a, a really good to get someone in there. But I, I'm just saying, I don't think there'll be any type, I won't be up too upset if they lost out. You know, no one should be ever too upset after winning the cup, honestly, because it is kind of an odd, it's a random event. It's really hard to win it and there's a lot of luck involved. So at this point, we won. I'm like, I'm kind of just, I'm still kind of riding high on that. I wouldn't be yeah. too upset after if they, if they lost out, honestly, but. Yeah. Adam, what if they win? Do we say that, I mean, we, we just talked about maybe writing off or saying it's weird, but if they win, it, do we just treat this like another Stanley Cup and say this oh, is great? Or the answer is 100%. yes, obviously, right? <laughs> 100%. No, if they win, it becomes they won even though the NHL allowed so many teams to call themselves playoff teams. Yes. So they, it's even more impressive that they did it. You know, you just have to. It's all about framing, guys. And uh, I think you can frame frame this cup pretty well. There you go. Well, I mean, that's like it's like we say, right? That like the the team that wins is going to say this was the most legitimate tournament in the world, and that all they were doing is just overcoming adversity. And all twenty three other teams or whatever. Well, one of them is going to get Alexis Lafreniere, which is going to be exciting uh, for them. But. uh, it better not be the Pittsburgh Penguins, although I yeah. say that totally going to be the Pittsburgh Penguins. But uh, yeah. the uh, I, I mean, if they win, Luke, then this is they just overcame adversity, right? Yeah, there's a lot of I've already seen multiple quotes. I only say four or five at least from coaches and players saying this is going to be the hardest one to ever win because it's such a weird thing to happen that if you win, it's come, to come right into a season and be ready and play hard and win. Uh, they've said it would be yeah, there will be an asterisk, but it will be saying. It's because it's the hardest one you could possibly win of any Stanley Cup ever. So the players feel that way, at least players and some analysts. Yeah, there you go. And we'll have uh, we'll have a uh, Japers Rink uh, quarantined Zoom party with ourselves where we all drink. So that'll be exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So we're going to conclude. Well, OK, we're going to talk about the CBA for a little bit, um, which is everyone's favorite topic. But there will be a there will be a light at the end of this rainbow, I promise. Um, so let's like talk about there's two big things I want to talk about. And let's get the, the, the annoying one over with first. Um, the CBA, there's a new one. And there was a remarkable agreement for the first time in forever between the players and the owners um and one of the things that came out is the capital the cap is the salary cap is going to be flat for the foreseeable future and it's going to be it's going to be flat until the nhl recovers the amount of hockey related revenue that they were getting pre-coronavirus from a yearly basis so the estimates i've heard have said this could happen as soon as two years or as long as potentially four or five years so luke we're talking about a flat cap, and the Capitals are right at the cap. So how is this going to affect the Capitals? I think it's a good thing, honestly. Because I, mean, I think what's going to happen is Holby's not going to be resigned, which I think is a good decision in itself because just we all know the age curves with goalies is just not good to invest in them. So I think it would force them not to sign him. Um, which is one good thing, but two, that we're going to have a lot of cap room. Like I've done on cap friendly like a million times. They'll probably have around four or five million dollars extra just messed with in this in this upcoming offseason with 81.5, everyone resigned. 
that they can do whatever the heck they want with it. They can bank it for next season or whatnot. And even if it goes a year past that, you have Ovechkin and Verona that need extensions, which I think will kind of cancel out each other. I don't think it'll be that much. I think Ovechkin will come down from what he has and Verona will go up. Samsonov needs a slight um, a bridge deal, but there's a lot of money. They, they, there's a lot of room and money. They don't need to – this is not going to be a team that's going to be like, well, we're screwed, the kind of thing. So I think it's a good thing. Then it'll force other teams to sacrifice. Like Toronto is screwed. They are super – they have to get rid yeah, of – Yeah, like, Toronto is super-duper screwed. They have to get rid of like Kapanen and uh, Johnson probably this summer. Like they are just – like they we're, not, we're, we're nowhere near that. Yeah. Okay. Um. Adam, where, where are you at on this? Are you are you as optimistic as Luke, or are you going to join me on the more pessimistic side? Oh, I'm more pessimistic about it. Uh, I mean, do I think they're going to keep Ovechkin still? Yeah, 100%. But I think the Caps are going to be pretty screwed with the cap. Um, I feel like the Caps have done such a good job of managing their, their situation over the last you know handful of years. I mean, they had a couple of casualties with, with Marcus Johansson and Andre Burakovsky. Um, but generally speaking the Caps have done a great job keeping uh, the team together. And uh, I, I think the next expansion draft might, might help them kind of get out of this quagmire. Uh, maybe they can shed some high salary contract. Who knows who that will be? Um, maybe it will be TJ Oshie or because um, he'll be nearing the end of his deal. Or Yeah. It seems like but, everyone's just kind of assuming that TJ Oshie is going to be the, uh, going to be the pick, huh? Well, it, it's just his his contract when it was signed. It was it was pretty clear that it would would probably not be a good deal in the latter latter parts of it. Yeah. Um, you, know, you paid a premium to get him his first few years on the deal, but the the second set just uh, wasn't going to be perfect. And um, it's a it, that's the type of player though that if you're a new NHL team, you'd probably want to have there, right? He's a guy that people will recognize. He's a well-known name both for what he did on the Capitals and how he celebrated with the Capitals, but also for his Olympic ventures. So, um, de- definitely a good guy to get. And uh, I mean, I- I'd certainly want him if I was in Seattle. Yeah, I'm. I'm a little. I'm. I think I'm with Adam. And to me, the big wild card it's TJ Oshie because if I'm Seattle, yeah, I I, I agree with what you said, Adam, but. I mean, we talk about Seattle already has a pretty burgeoning analytics program, and I look at that contract and I say, man, I, that's a big risk to have that on the books, right? And it, I, you're just nervous about that. You're nervous about all the concussions that Oshi has had, and is, is there going to be a corresponding decline in play? So far, there has not been, and actually last uh, this year was one of his better years. Uh, I went back and looked, and it was. <laughs> I can vouch for it. But... I, I'm nervous about that, so I don't know if Seattle is going to give the Capitals a bailout card, or if they do, how much it's going to cost. So that's going to be kind of an interesting wild card. But yeah, to me, that and the Vrana extension are the ones that are going to be interesting to me, because I, I've, I've talked about this ad nauseum. Vrana is one of the Capitals' best forwards right now. He just is. And they're going to have to get that deal done, and they're going to have to give him a pretty substantial raise on what he has now, which I think is like three-ish million dollars, I think. And so I'm curious how that's going to go. And I'm curious if the Capitals are going to be able to go to him and say, can you take a hit for a couple of years and we'll renegotiate on the other side of this coronavirus mess? I don't know if he's going to take that or not. And I don't know if there's going to be a better market out there. So for me, those are kind of the two questions to watch. But yeah, I'm a little more nervous about that. Um, But let's, Luke, let's talk about the one really optimistic thing, which is the Olympics are back. Finally. 
Uh, I think it was ridiculous that they didn't play last time, but they are back, and I think we're going to get to watch Alex Ovechkin have one, if not two more shots to win gold medal for Russia. So when you saw that the Olympics are back for at least the next two cycles, kind of just thoughts, like how excited are you for that? Oh, very. I, I, yeah, I, that's all I was thinking about was Ovechkin first. Like, it's always hard to beat Canada, so it's, his chances aren't great as it is. But, sure. yeah, I was really excited. It's just a good experience for any player, really. It's, uh, I, I mean, I'd be ecstatic as a player to get to play for your country. So I never understood why they were so against it, especially since it was supposed to be in China, I think. Yes. And they want to break into China, uh, too, like play games there. I, I don't know. It was really weird that they didn't want to let people go to the Olympics there, but um, – but yeah, I think it's just a great event for everybody. It gets it gets hockey on a global, you know, people are watching it. Like how many people started playing hockey because they're because they saw TJ Oshi play, you know, in America. So it's it's really important. So I'm glad they they uh, came to their senses. Yeah, Adam. Uh, well, I, well, let me ask you a two part question. One, just uh, kind of what are your thoughts about the Olympics? And two, when when you, I mean, we've been capital stands for a while. Luke has too. When you when you watch Olympic hockey. Uh, do you also root for Russia along with, I'm guessing, the U.S., or are you just USA all the way? Uh, I usually find myself rooting for the Russians, to be honest. I, I root for a veteran. Yeah, uh, I mean, it, it's... Oh, I associate so much of my current fandom with Ovechkin. Um, you know, I was a hockey fan before Ovi, but not anywhere near what I am now. And, and, you know, I, I've said this before that, you know, the two guys I think of the most as, as making me the fans I am right now are probably Bruce Boudreau and Alex Ovechkin. I mean, we had season tickets before Boudreau came in, but uh, that exciting style of play with the most explosive player in the game um, made hockey one of the most enjoyable things in the world to me. So, uh, yeah. and, and I know he takes it so seriously and it's so important for him to win. So um, I'm always cheering for him to be successful and, um, you know, Backstrom as well. Uh, but obviously the USA, I, I want them to win too. But it's hard to root against those guys when, when they're out playing with all that they've uh, meant to me personally over the yeah. years. Okay. All right. Well, uh, with that, uh, we're going to call a wrap on this episode of Japers Rank Radio. If you like the show, please rate, write, subscribe, and review um, and all that jazz. Uh, I guess we'll do some pluggables. Luke, where can people find your stuff? They can find me on um, MySpace mainly. I'm just wow. there all the time. I love it. <laughs> uh, You're an aspiring Twitter. musician, right? So there you go. Uh, just Twitter, Luke Adamanis. Uh, that's my main thing. Yeah, just that basically. And, and, you, and you do write for a site, I've heard. Yes, yes. I do write for a site. I forget their name. Okay, uh, fair. <laughs> we we are awakening from a long slumber as yeah, the exactly. very smart person who wrote Japers who follows or uh, writes the Japers Inc. Radio account noted the other day. Uh, I don't know yeah. who that is, but they were very, they're very <laughs> smart. Uh, and then Adam, where can people find your stuff? Uh, on Twitter at Stringham A. Um, I'm so I'm still there. I don't I don't tweet as much as I used to, but that will probably restart here as we get uh, kind of back into the thick of things here. Yeah, there you go. And uh, you can find me at GregY underscore JR. I will be doing some playoff stuff at Japer's Rank, I promise. I Luke, I think you're doing some stuff too, right? 
Yeah, yeah. Always okay, cool. All right. No, no pressure. But now, but now you're on a podcast saying it, so you have to do it. Um, uh, yeah. But uh, all right. Uh, and uh, with that, uh, thank you for listening to this episode of Japers Inc. Radio. Like I said earlier, if you like the show, please rate, write, subscribe, and review. We will take all kinds of reviews. Uh, there. It's 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 really it helps people find the show and it's something that I know helps uh, Adam and I out quite a bit. And uh, next week, I'm excited to announce that we are going to have Samantha Pell on for the second time. She is actually coming uh, from the Washington Post to Toronto to report from the bubble. So I will ask all kinds of bubble-related questions and make all kinds of bubble-related puns. So uh, that's something to uh, look forward to. So uh, stay tuned. <laughs>